Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. T. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 153 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that is on its knees this morning, not in a good way either just really <laughs> quite upset angry frustrated downcast downbeat if you're looking for uh positive vibes then no of course you, you're gonna get some vibes here absolutely uh joining me to um to go over the defeat the 26 to 23 overtime defeat to my personal nemesis the san francisco 49ers it is, of course, Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello. Hello, Paul. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Like, it's a slap round of chops, isn't it? There? I mean, yeah. It's just, this game is such a game of fine margins, of one plays here and there, yards, all the rest of all the analogies that you have with the NFL. But that hurt last night, didn't it? It did, um, because I genuinely thought we were going to win. I thought there was only one team going to win the way we were sort of marching down in overtime and then um, to abandon Joe's hot hand um, it, it was just something uh, a little bit perplexing really and then of course you know it was it was marching down the other end for the 49ers so yeah seven and six now aren't we and um, yep you know, a lot of people would have taken that at the start of the season. Let's be honest about that. I think I probably would have done. But, of course, once you're in the mix of the playoffs, the expectation gets higher. Um, seven and six now seems a little bit disappointing, shall we say, After certainly after the, the last two weeks where basically we shot ourselves. We've just shot. We've taken a machine gun, pointed it at our feet and just let rip. Uh, just shooting randomly bullets everywhere into not just our feet, into every Bengals fan's feet. How long can I stretch this metaphor out for? I'm not entirely sure. But, um, yeah, again, just gifted a decent team, you know, a, a kind of a 10, 15-point cushion, didn't we? And um, you just can't do that, you know. I know we almost came back and perhaps should have won that game, Right at the death, although, you know, for three quarters we didn't deserve anything out of that game, I don't think. He no. was just like, wow, uh, you just can't do it. You just It just puts too much pressure on... Um, no, what, what is it, where did that come from? Sorry, that was, that was mine. Um, it just puts too much pressure on the team. You can't do that every week, you know. And, um, yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah, I mean, we've talked always, haven't we, about the Bengals and about situational football and playing well at times when it matters. And it really is the business end of the season at the moment. You know, you get a win last night and you're, you're eight and five. And goodness me, you know, you really, that's a big difference, isn't there, between Ravens being eight and five and seven well. and six. And, you know, the AFC at the moment, 
is just so tight. Our division is so tight. These games really, really matter now at the business end. And we've got to learn how to win some of these games. And the irony is that Joe Boy, he's got that sort of, Anyway, I think I think he has, and I think a lot of people would agree. He's got that sort of tenacity in his eye late in games, where you can just yeah. tell he wants to be on the field, he wants to be fighting, slugging punches out. You can't stop him, and he's going to play his best football. But for saying that, over the last year or two, we've not won many of these games when they've come down to the wire and they're sort of one point either way. I mean, we we got a good win in overtime against the Vikings at the start of the season, but there's been a handful of games that have been pretty close over the last two seasons that we've just not been able to get over the line, including this one last night. And Hmm. last night, the pressure is on more than any game we've played this year, last year, in Zach's three years. This game is a genuine chance for us to win the AFC North, to win the, um, you know, get into the playoffs and really take this team somewhere. There's a lot of teams around the AFC that are struggling. The Steelers are all over the place. The Ravens aren't playing well and have just had Lamar Jackson go down. The Bills are losing a lot of games. There's real opportunity for us here to put our mark on it. We've got a talented team. We're fairly healthy. Let's let's really sort of make a run. The pressure is on. And I just think maybe that for whatever reason, we've not seen the best of the Bengals when it's really mattered the most this season. Well, let's uh, dig a bit deeper into those reasons, shall we? Let's get some reazione. Reazione, reazione, ole, ole, ole. Reazione, reazione, ole, ole, ole. You mentioned those reasons, Nathan. I was a bit fearful coming into this game because I didn't think it was a good matchup, you know, in terms of what the 49ers like to do and where our weak spots are either because of injury, especially, you know, you look at the linebacking group, but I thought they held up pretty well defensively yesterday, apart from one drive where they kind of just waltzed down and, of course, the overtime drive. Um, But, you know, we more or less stopped their running game, which was terrific. Uh, But, you know, when Trey Hendrickson went down, it was the pass rush was a little bit lacking, shall we say. Uh, Garoppolo had all kinds of time to to get rid of the ball, which he did, mostly to George Kittle, who is an absolute ridiculous player. I think we can all agree. Yeah. Uh, One of those rare unstoppable players, I think. You know, Debo had a few nice plays. He was quite. I mean, he was quite quiet. Debo. He was. He? Obviously, yeah. they were missing. They were missing Eli Mitchell, who's their normal sort of starting running back. So yeah. you felt there, there was an opportunity there, but they they just couldn't stop Kittle. I mean, that was he just got almost I mean, at the end. It was just like George Kittle against the Bengals. You know, there wasn't many other people involved. It was just feeding him time after time after time. And I mean, like you said, it was Elijah to... Elijah Mitchell and uh, Nathan. That was the the player that you're looking for. But yeah, he was he was Kittle was just ridiculous, wasn't he? And then uh, Brent, uh, Brandon Ayuk had a few splash plays, not least the one that won the game. You know, so they they did it when it counted. But I was quite happy with the defense, more or less. I think. Um, but it, again, it was the offense that seemed to be the well, not just the offense in this game. Let's 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 be honest, but. Again, this slow start. I don't know, man. I mean, I do question the game plan yesterday. Uh, I know they had their, you know, both starting cornerbacks out, so a lot of people were screaming to attack the boundaries and really test those cornerbacks. But as the the guys in the broadcast said, you know, they're shading each safety to either side, so they're making it difficult. 
But they did. I felt that it took us a long time to figure stuff out last night. Zach seemed far too committed to a running game that just wasn't kind of happening, really. They were playing the run really well. And um, I don't know, yeah. whereas the, where the 49ers, uh, you know, started slowly and adjusted quite quickly, I think. It took us until the fourth quarter to at least figure some stuff out. And and a lot of that was down to Joe Burrow, I would say. Um, yeah. It was just all a bit you, perplexing, you, I really. Like, I feel like everyone really recognised not only the significance of that game last night, but that we absolutely should have won it. There were so many opportunities yeah. there, be it missed field goals, terrible plays on special teams, which I know we'll get to. Um we just couldn't get out of our own way, and the 49ers weren't great. I don't think they're a great team. Like I said, they had injuries, and they, I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's that good. I think he was all right last night. He's sort of moved it around a bit, but they're not, apart from Kittle, there's no one there that you look at. Um, you know, maybe, yeah, what Debu, obviously, but he, I think, still a bit injured, probably playing on a bit of a, you know, with a bit of pain last night. I just felt like we could have stopped him, and frankly, our offense should really have overpowered their defence. Like you said, they had a couple of guys go down. Um, they're starting cornerbacks. They had a few people go out during the game. You really felt like there was an opportunity there for us at home to sort of put your foot on the neck of them. And we just we just couldn't get out of our own way. And I think that's the difficult part in the last couple of games, be it coaching, situational football, taking your chances, or, or crucially just turning the ball over. Yeah. It's just killing us at the moment. We're just giving up field position, giving up points. It's just... It's frustrating, I think, because if it was a bit more clean and tidy, I think we'd be looking at eight, nine wins now, and you'd be you'd be heading for the playoffs. Yeah, it was very frustrating because the offense just took so long to get going, and 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 Zach Taylor in his his uh, post game press conference said that um, you know they were daring them to you know they were trying to take the Forty ers were taking away their boundary. Uh, big plays um, so yeah that's fine but there was in that if that's the case then there should have been a wide open middle or at least an open-ish middle to exploit they were daring Zach said they were daring them to run the ball uh, and yet they continually took that bait even though they were sort of getting two three yards of carry and you do have to wonder why it took so long for them to really adjust to that and notice that and, and kind of just adapt to the way the 49ers was playing. That really perplexed me. And a lot of people were going nuts at Zach last night. And again, for the second time in two weeks, he basically said he got it wrong, especially yep. in that overtime drive when two really lovely pass plays, one to T, who had his third uh, consecutive 100-yard games uh, last night. Um we moved the ball down like, again, knife through butter, and then Zach decided to run it three times inside the 20. And yep. yeah, I get it. You know, it's a head scratcher, and he got it wrong, and perhaps cost us, well, at least, and it was one element of the, the whole thing that cost us the game. But, of course, it wasn't just that. We gave them yep. uh, a cushion, didn't we? I mean, what, would you th- what were you thinking when uh, that those two minutes... Before the end of half time, mm. uh, we had a chance to go down and actually take the lead. We got the ball back, and yeah. um, we had a chance to, to, you know, march down and score. 
We've been really good at two-minute offences this season coming into half-time. And then for the second time, Darius Phillips, with not a player around him, just dropped the ball on the punt return. Um, bloody hell. Well, it's just cost you games, doesn't it? I mean, that's it. It just costs you the game. I mean, and you think at the end of the day, like there was about what forty odds, fifty odds seconds, or whatever it was left, and you think if we just move the ball upfield, even if we don't get anything out of it, and we just go into the half, we got the ball first after half time. You go into the end of the game, we, we were a touchdown. Um, you know, we got a touchdown back up our sleeve, and you're just thinking now, like you know, just to give that away like that. It, it does literally just cost you the game. And I, I don't want to... Players make mistakes. You make mental errors. It's part of the game. So I don't want to see people absolutely tearing Darius Phillips a new one. You know, he made a mistake. It's poor. There's definitely got to be Two mistakes, about. Nathan. Two mistakes. Two mistakes. I agree. I mean, you people... There's absolutely every right to question his role on the team. But I think, you know, we've got to keep it... Got to keep it professional. Um, but... You can't do that. That's the difference no. between winning and losing games. The one thing the Bengals have been really good at this year, and you'd have seen it on every broadcast recently, is lack of penalties, lack of silly mistakes, mm. uh, things like that. Last night, you get that outrageous, taunting um, penalty on Von Bell. That's frustrating. It is, because um, that's the second time this season he's done that. And, of course, you yeah. know, the taunting rule is ridiculous. And... Oh, there's no doubt about that. But, but you've got to play within the rule book. Absolutely. You know? And he knows that. He'd have seen Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from the Chiefs did something running in for a touchdown and did a point at someone. And, you know what I mean? It was a very subtle point, just like Von Bell's was. But that's what they're calling. You've got to respect it. And I know there's the emotion of the game and you're fired up and you're, you're passionate and you're, you know, you're slamming heads with people, but you've got, again, it's, that can be the difference between, um, you know, winning and losing plays. As we know, as Bengals fans from that Bengals Steelers game yeah. with head to heads and, you know, the Adam Jones penalty, perfect. It, 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 when you're all disciplined, it can, and I'm not saying the Bengals are all disciplined because they've been very disciplined this season. And that's why statistically they've been so good, um, in those categories. But again, it matters now. Like this is the business end. This is where the stakes are a little bit higher. You just don't want to be seeing this team turning the ball over, silly mistakes, mm. penalties and stuff like that because you beat yourself. Mm. Absolutely correct. And we beat, our, I'm tempted to say it and I think, well, we beat ourselves off <laughs> a number of times last night. I thought you were going to say something else there. <laughs> um, Stanley Morgan also fumbled kickoffs. Uh, Joe Burrow, sorry, I beg your pardon. Joe Mixon fumbled again, although he recovered very quickly. You know, five five fumbles at half time. That was just extraordinary. Extra- I don't think I've ever seen that extraordinary. And it's like the ball was like greased up or something. Wasn't I know it? I yeah. what was happening. What what was happening? It was. I don't know, smeared in bacon fat and uh, I don't know. I blame that Kay Adams, to be honest. Um, um, yeah, very frustrating. And, you know, you've got to look at the offensive line again. I know Riley Reef went down and Isaiah Prince is nowhere near Riley Reef, but he gave up two sacks. And it was, of course, Nick Bosa, who was terrific last night, I thought. Yeah. Uh, you know, Eric Armstead and all those guys up front, you know, really put Joe Boy under pressure. I think they sacked him, was it four or five times last night again? Yeah. Um, you know, the interior, I didn't think Adenergy had a very good game last night just from the naked eye. 
Quinton Spain faced problems last night. Jonah was fairly solid. I thought maybe Trey was looking all right. But yeah, the offensive line wasn't great. Certainly, you know, creating lanes for, for Mixon and P. Ryan. There was a few nice runs, but nothing to really yeah. write home about. And that's a worry. In the last two weeks, the running game had been has been taken away, which again, I do sort of wonder why we're sticking with it quite so much. I understand that you need a running game to kind of keep the defence on their heels to at least get some sort of play action stuff going and um you know another thing that I noticed last night Stanley Morgan who's it's been great to see him getting playing time and and more involved in the team great at, at, at run blocking on those sort of sweeps and outside runs he was missing a lot of blocks on the outside last night um, so they just weren't quite in sync and they weren't winning their one-on-one battles up front last night. And um, I think that was part of the the reason, really. But, you know, you look at the 49ers, they really had an established identity. All these kind of motions and sweeps and, yeah. and screens, really clever, you know, deception and, and kind of misdirection and things like that it was really quite something to see sometimes there was some beautiful... they were very they're very professional weren't they very they efficient didn't turn the ball team, over they, right. yeah they played well when it mattered it looked like they were you know they they I think they uh, gave up 17 unanswered points all the momentum was with the bengals in overtime we've just taken the lead the crowd's going wild and you turn up and say seven plays touchdown see you later we're on the plane home yeah and you think cool like that was a really quite ruthless yeah performance from them yesterday and i think from a, you know you look at shanahan there and he's you've got to you take your hat off to the geezer and say it's a it's a good win that i mean the 49ers i think we've got more talent than the 49ers mm. i think joe boy's a lot better uh, than Jimmy G. Yeah, but then, to... you, then again, you could. Uh, this is the point I was going to make. You know, you look at the 49ers and how they went about things. They had a very established way of playing and a scheme that is is cast cast iron. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't yeah. deviate at all. Mostly because Garoppolo is not a down the field thrower. Really, yeah, he is yeah. a prototypical West West Coast offense guy. You know, dink and dunk, chains yeah. moving. Passing play extension of the run game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so they can only do what they do, but they really maximise what they've got, yeah. I think. And yeah, but then agree. again, you look said that you could see their identity right there on the field. That's what they were yes. going to do. And then you look at the Bengals, and you you go, what are they trying to do here? I'm not quite sure what they they're trying to do. Maybe I'm being harsh on that. Maybe it was because what they were trying to do wasn't working, and it has done before. But this is two weeks now. Yeah. That we've really tried to get the the run going, and we've just not been good enough up front, and other teams have been taking that away. So you have to, you know, again, a uh, lot of anger about the fact that they had two uh, reserve cornerbacks, I believe, two rookie cornerbacks yesterday starting. Um, but you have you take your hat off to the Forty Nineers; they just played better down that early stretch and. You know, they did a good job schematically to take away our, you know, our key weapons and it took us a long time to figure it out. But, and of course, there are positives in all this because we almost, you know, we were leading in overtime, which was to me quite remarkable. People like BJ Hill stepped up, played brilliantly. Yeah. Larry Ogunjobi stepped up and played brilliantly. I thought Jermaine yeah. Pratt was really good in the run again last night. Cheeto was excellent again. 
Um, you know, Von Bell had his play. He had a bit of an up and down night, I thought, but he made some good plays. Um, you know, Joe Batchy stepped in. And, and he's looking a, good, that geezer, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's done a decent job. You know, I'm it, not sure about his J, his big J tattoo on his arm, no, but he's, no. he's playing. He's playing well, the geezer. He's he's being noticed. You know, he's getting in there. Yeah, he he looks no. like an absolute unit as well. Like, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy him, uh, him sort of catching me out if I was running down the sideline. But yeah, fair play to him. No, that's right, and. Um, but yeah, so there was plenty of positives in that second half, especially and especially in that fourth quarter when they came roaring back. And mm. I think you have to, if we're going to go over the positive, you have to lead off with Joe Borrow. Bloody hell, what a fourth quarter he had! Yeah, and that's what I mean. The geezer can turn it on when it matters. He had that glint in his eye, you know, and you think, "Cool, like he's going to lead us to glory here." And I mean, it, I mean, you got to take your take your hat off to Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah. he's been real. I mean, he's the most outrageously up and down player I've ever seen. And you look at his stats on the year. And if you said t- to both of us before the start of the season, like these, this is what he's going to put out at this stage in the season. You'd be falling off your chair. You'd be like outrageous. I mean, he's over a thousand yards now. I believe he's got is it eight touchdowns already or something like that. I mean, he's been phenomenal. And but yeah, he's also been quite bad at sometimes. You know, he leads the league in drops. He's had a couple of that have gone for interceptions. He's had a fumble. I mean, I mean, he's been great. You can't argue. You take it every day of the week. We've got a very very good player on our hands. But I mean, he and he came back at big moments yesterday. That play where Joe Boy's spinning around and he's running and he's, you know, people are chasing him and Jamal Chase gets in behind the defender, keeps his feet beautifully in bounds. Great balance. Great catch there. And then obviously the next touchdown after that, great play streaking down the field. He comes away, five catches, 77 yards, two touchdowns. Massive. Stepped up when we needed him at the end of the game. We've got all the momentum and you think, Coy, you you do have to take your hat off to Chase. He's He's a young lad. He didn't play last year. You've got to think that in year three, four, five, when he's more experienced, he's been in the league longer, he's ironed out some of these issues that we're going to have a very, very, very special player on our hands. So... Full, full credit to Jamal. He has made a difference, I think. He is a difference maker. and um, Yes. You know, he almost snagged that. That would have been an incredible touchdown catch um, earlier in the game where, you know, he kind of caught it, but it sort of hit the floor. Um, again, he's got that sort of late burst. And I think the commentators mentioned that. The fact that he looked, did, it looked as though he didn't have too much separation going down the field. But then... He just exploded in those last couple of yards to make that yeah. catch, and that's quite a rare quality, I think. And um, and certainly the the uh, the incredible fourth and five play when when Joe Boy kind of um, you know evaded the pressure, extended the play, the game was on the line. He found Jamar at the back of the end zone, and he kind of tiptoed along the back there. I mean, what, what, a, just incredible out of yeah. your seat play that was, wasn't it? Just yeah. incredible. And then I have to say that last drive when they when they tied the game, that was that Joe Boy on that drive was just simply sensational. You know, the oh yeah, pass to Higgins over the middle. Then he floated a beauty with Nick Bosa about to take him out over the head of a, uh, I think it was a cornerback, uh, and in front of. Perhaps it was a linebacker or... Anyway, down the sideline, it floated the ball in between two guys. Tyler Boyd got it and we, you know, and then he threw that beautiful pass to Jamar Chase for the touchdown. That was 
again, exquisite, brilliant, absolutely uh, what we can do. And as you say, Joe just seems to love those high-pressure situations, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, a re- yeah. it's a really amazing thing it, to it, have. It's, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because you look individually throughout that team, and I can't tell you many offences that have got the talent that we've got at this late stage in the season, like taking into account injuries. I mean, you've got Joe Boy running all guns. You've got Joe Mixon, who's a great running back, Higgins, Chase, Boyd, whose armour's a good tight end. I mean, that is really, apart from someone maybe like the Bucks, who obviously have got a pretty potent offence themselves with Brady, Gronkowski, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and stuff. Mm. You think there's not many teams around the league that can match us for that talent. And I think that earlier in the season, we were doing a really good job. We've not had two good years. And you, you're thinking, oh, this is it. We're playing really well now. It's all coming together. With that talent, especially on offense and the defense, I mean, we've really, you know, tooled up there. It just is starting to get frustrating because it's like all of a sudden we're only seven and six, one game above 500, and you've got the hardest part of your schedule coming up. You've got the hardest team you'll probably play all year in the Chiefs. Mm. Denver are going to be a very difficult game on the road. Um, that's going to be a hard one to win that. The Ravens is always going to be difficult and it'll be more or less difficult depending on Lamar Jackson's status. And then we go away to the Browns. I mean, mm. Yeah, you look at that those four games, and I, I don't know this team. As we said last week, the week before, anything could happen. We could go four and zero. I wouldn't rule it out. But yeah. you look at it and you think, "Cool, it's going to be hard to win more than two games." Well, that's uh, what I'm going for. Two. I'm going for two wins. Uh, the PFF grades for the offensive line are in. Do you want to? Do you want to? I quite like your PFF offensive line weekly. Okay, Jonah. Weekly Sango, you yeah. might not like this one. Uh, Jonah Williams, 58.5. Six pressures allowed. That's the key thing. The pressures allowed. Quinton Spain, 53.0. Four pressures allowed. Hopkins, 57.8. Three pressures allowed. Adenergy, check this out, 24.4. Six pressures allowed. Riley Reeve, 51.7, only one pressure allowed. And um, Isaiah Prince, 23.9, and four pressures allowed. And he, he also let it at uh, two sacks. Uh, I, Joe I got... Mixon, CJ Uzama, and Drew Sample were the highest graded pass blockers yesterday, which kind of says everything, really. Yeah. I've got a question for you, Sam. Go on, then. If you were at tackle or guard for a whole NFL game... yeah. Do you reckon that you just get, and same for me, I mean, it's not like I'd be any different. Are you? Do you reckon we'd just get PFF grades of 0.0? Like, would yeah. that be able to exist? Would we, like, could we do anything to get higher than a flat zero? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the criteria for, for grading is. So we might go on. I mean, you might just get like 5.0 for just standing there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I mean. I always wonder, like, if you just yeah. threw yourself and, like, got in the way of someone for maybe half a second, would they give, all right, give him a give him a 0.5 or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Um, we haven't even, even mentioned Jesse Bates yet. That was, you'd mentioned Garoppolo sort of turning the ball over and throwing interceptions. That was the one. That was the chance. That was the... the the gimme that he gave, and uh, Jesse Bates jumped the route, had it in his hands. He was dreaming of a uh, pick six. There was room to run, and he dropped it. I mean, he broke up the pass, great, but um, he could have contributed to a Bengals win, if not with the pick six, but um, certainly a big gain uh, to put them back deep into 
49ers. To, everything went well. Even Evan McPherson missed a field goal last night as well. In that first half, and um, you know, perhaps even the third quarter, pretty much everything was going wrong, wasn't it? And um, it's those fine margins, my son. And I mean, it, it just mm. it, like you said about Jesse Bates. Um, we need to we need a musical jingle on this show when we say Jesse Bates to Jesse's girl by Rick Spring, uh, Springfield. I could see that working <laughs> well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he catch if he caught that and ran it back because he was gone. I mean, there was no one really in front of him. He, he's quick lad. He had some the uh, the speed and momentum. That stadium would have erupted it would have yeah. been an absolute earthquake you know <laughs> and i just think that ah, that's the sort of momentum and well those are, of, those are the key moments that you've got to win if you're serious well, exactly. about being a playoff yeah, team 100 percent. and we've just been sloppy in the big moments in the past couple of weeks now the question is this nathan palmer yep is it is it coaching i mean is it this lack of execution, this sloppiness, this these la- lapses in concentration. I mean, do you blame the coaches for that, or is it just you know human error? I think it's probably a bit of both. I mean, it is hard to win yeah. NFL games, and we're playing yes. good yep. teams and good players at the moment, um, and yet we just fell short. And it you just you just want to explain what the going on with the turnovers and the yeah. the drop punts, the missed field goals, the botched. You know, two point conversions out of a timeout last week. The yeah, yeah. The the misjudgment in in approach uh, in overtime. You know, you want to figure out these things. Some of them are coaching. Some of them are human error. But I think a lot of people are asking today, yeah, uh, what the ratio is. What what the ratio uh, coaching to human error is at the moment. I think you make a cracking point there about how Cheers, you man. can sort of sorry. Cheers, man. No, that's fine. That's, thanks. thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think you did make a cracking point about how it is hard to define: is it coaching or not? Because the NFL is such a such an intricate game, isn't it? That mm. includes individuals, it includes game planning. It it's slightly more difficult than when other sports to really just quantify: is it just motivation, tactics? You know, it's so detailed the NFL, and you you look back and say. Call like, you know, in individual moments, the coaches have put you in those positions, and ultimately, it does come down to the players to execute. You know, you, it's not down to Zach Taylor whether Jesse Bates catches that ball and runs it back, but ultimately, you've got to look at the body of work and look mm. at everything and the record and the attitudes. And you're going to have one good week where players do execute. You're going to have one bad week when they don't. You get decisions for you against you. There's so many factors that go into sort of where this football team ends up but you've got to try and just look at them all and say what do we think and at seven and six I think it's starting to get to the point where we've said all season we take this we take this we Mm. take this I think we're at the first point where I'm looking at it and I'm saying yeah maybe I'd take it I certainly don't think it's amazing. If you'd said to me we're seven and six after the easiest part of our schedule, four games to go against four very good teams of winning records that, you know, we're going to struggle to win, frankly, two of them are on the road. I'd say, well, I don't know, because if we end up winning going one and three and we end up eight and nine, mm. that's not good enough. I don't think considering the team's fully healthy um, it's year three. We've spent a lot of money. Now, I'm not expecting us to go, you know, win 11 or 12 games this year. But I think if we don't get a winning record based on, you know, three years of Zach being in charge with his coaching staff and 
um, the money we've spent, the draft picks we've had every single year, you know, top 10 picks, number one overall pick where we were handed and gifted this generational quarterback in Joe Burrow. I don't think it's good enough to win eight games. So I would say... If but don't you I see don't, that as progression, though? Because I, I... It's progression, um, but you, you, I think he a set lot... the bar so, so low. Yeah, yeah, and he has right. been given everything. I mean, he's been given a generational quarterback in Joe Burrow that's, you know, leading us forward. That You look at the Chargers, you know, they're in probably a slightly better situation than us. They beat us the week before. They had the fifth pick or whatever it was and got the second best quarterback, apparently, in that draft. They're, and they're moving along quite nicely. So... Mm. I think no, it's, I don't, three, it's, I don't. A long, it's a long time for a coach in the mm. NFL. You know, it's you, you should expect a winning season in three years. There's not many coaches around the league that if in three years they didn't have a winning season that they would have be you know be in for a full season. I just think that with Zach, I like Zach Percy. He's a great guy. He says all the right things. You can tell he, you know, the players like him and he's got the respect to the locker room. We're not in any way in a situation, I don't think, where the players behind the scenes are saying, you know, well, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. We're not, it's not like an Urban Meyer situation mm. with the Jags by any means. But I, I, I do question, is this the guy that's going to win it all for us? I mean, we're struggling in these games against someone like the 49ers at home just to try and get towards the playoffs in a fairly weak mm. AFC at the moment, I think, in some ways. I just don't know long-term, is this a guy that's going to be able to get past the Bucks and the Packers and the mm. Chiefs of the world when it matters in a playoff game in two or three years' time? And you, you've got to have that with your coach. You've got to have someone. If you're going to win the NFL, you'll be the best team in the whole league. The coaching's got to be top 10, top five, just like you need a quarterback that's going to be top 10, top five to get you over the line. And I, can we say that about Zach? I, I, after three years, if we don't get a winning record, I think it'd be hard to sit there and say, for sure, that's your guy going into year four, year five. You know, the, you'd at least have to heavily doubt it, I'd say. Yeah, this uh, debate will continue when we get to our correspondences, I think. Um Let's just go through before we get to those. Um, we've got the Ravens at eight and five at the top of the division. Their remaining fixtures: the last four games for the Ravens. Uh, Green Bay at home at cool. Cincinnati. Cool. Um, the LA Rams. Cool. And Pittsburgh. Cool. That's a, that's rough. That is. It is. Jesus. The Christ. Browns. Uh, Las Vegas. No, that that's winnable. They're shocking at the minute. At Green Bay Ooh. at Pittsburgh and Ooh. at home to us, the final game of the season. Then, of course, we've got Denver, Baltimore, Kansas City and Cleveland. The Steelers, uh, Tennessee at Kansas City, Cleveland Ooh. at Baltimore. That's crazy, that is. I so, mean, there's not one easy game for anyone in there. Now, Apart from maybe the Raiders. But my my quick predictions, I hate to say it, but I'm going Browns 10-7. and seven. Us nine and eight, Ravens nine and eight, and the Steelers six, ten, and one. What you reckon the Steelers won't win another game? Uh, no. Mm. Tricky for them though. Can you really see them beating Tennessee? No. Can you really see them beating Kansas City? No. Tennessee they... maybe. Tennessee and not, I mean <clears> they played fairly well against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville is full on in, in like they're absolutely done. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, the Titans, Derek Henry's not back yet, is he? They've obviously lost a couple of their receivers. I, I, they've done that, The Titans are an example of a really well-coached team. Yes, I agree, yeah. They, yeah. they, my, Ryan Tannehill is not 
brilliant and they've lost a ton of their skill players and yet they're nine and four and have got the joint best record um in the nfl i believe although sort of uh, in the afc so you look at them and you think core blimey they've done a cracking job to overcome that with the talent that they've got mm. um but i mean the steelers are the steelers are tricky and they i mean isn't it that mike tomlin's like never had a losing season or something mm. they'll get something i think they might only be one win but i wouldn't rule out them getting a couple of sneaky, dirty wins before the end of the season. <laughs> sneaky, dirty wins. That's what they special. I'd take a sneaky, dirty win now. We need Oh, that. man alive, like, would I like, That's what I'd, I'd bite your hand off for a <laughs> sneaky, dirty win. Um, right, before we get to our correspondences, let's have a little bit of a look at our, our parish notice board. Our advent calendar continues. You will see videos of me and Nathan sometime next week in the lead up to Christmas. I bet you can't wait. But in the meantime, stay tuned because there are more Bengals fans uh, from the UK uh, wishing you a Merry Christmas in our uh, advent calendar. And you can see that, of course, on our social media platforms uh, at Today underscore UK on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook. Um, we have also this is Monday the 13th of December so you've got seven days to um, <clears throat> to enter our Christmas charity raffle once again it is uh, all the money uh, raised will go to Action for Children's Secret Santa initiative which is basically uh, helping out vulnerable lonely kids at Christmas either with gifts or hot food or even uh, a roof over their heads so uh, again check our social feeds for details you can win a Chad Johnson signed jersey and, cool. uh, you can win a $30 gift voucher donated by our friends in uh, who are they <laughs> our friends Cincy Shirts in uh, Cincinnati and um and finally, you can also win signed prints from Evan McPherson and CJ Uzama. So that's great. Again, even if you're not bothered about the prizes, it is a genuinely fantastic cause. So if you can tip in, you know, a fiver's worth of, t of tickets, that'd be great. Ten is worth of tickets. They're, they're £2.50 each. So go and enter and uh, you will be helping vulnerable kids across the UK. Um, I do believe issue two of... Um, you don't live in Cleveland, uh, Bengals fanzine, as has been shipped and mailed and people have received them. And again, hats off to Duncan Price, dastardly Duncan, uh, for putting that together. Another one will be with you in the spring, I believe, of 2022. Uh, and that's about it for now on the news front. Let's get to your um, correspondences, shall we? Right, slam dunk, slam dunk the funk. Solid hand. We seem to have a knack of uh, to shoot ourselves in the foot. Muffed punts, dropped catches and missed interceptions. You can't blame the coach for poor execution on the field. We have won two more games than I expected, so I'm relatively happy. We are still in the hunt in December. Hashtag LFG. We all know what that means, don't we? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's got a point. And that's the difficult thing when you've got a team that's kind of sometimes good, sometimes bad. You know, it, it, it's easy to find the positives as well as the negatives. And I think Duncan's made some valid points there. You know, we we we've been sloppy, but 
you know, we're we're a bit farther ahead than many of us expected, and we're still in the hunt. We're genuinely still in the hunt. We've got to play a hell of a lot better, obviously, you know. But um, Michael Smith at Yadar teaches Zumba. Shocking handle. The <laughs> offensive play calling is more conservative than the Daily Express. We drop <laughs> we drop more balls like than an England slip fielder. We self-destruct so often that it feels like we pull the pin out of the grenade and then throw away the pin. This is a, this is a stand-up comedy routine. He is, I've got to get him on for, do, for some stand-up. Let's load up, draw the curtains and put down those Broncos. Absolutely, Mike. Ken Davis at Ken S. Davis. Frustrating. We're not good enough to give a team a 14-point head start. The encouraging thing is that this is a team with a ton of fight we need another season to develop some consistency, but 2021 has been a year of real progress. But I think the playoffs might be beyond us. See, that's where I think I am at the moment. I think we have made a lot of progress. But again, progress and being in the mix of things raises expectations. So, you know, it makes you more disappointed when they don't get it. I don't think we're going to quite get there this year. But Joy, um, yeah, yeah. Come on, son. The way you know, I've got a way we're getting in. I've got a treasure map that's got the playoffs. <laughs> okay. I found it. Do you want me, you want me to tell you? How Indiana we Palmer and the and the I, Temple I've of Bengals plotted a route Go to on. the playoffs for us. Yeah. All we've got to do doesn't yeah. matter about the Kansas City and Denver game. Like we just take those games off. You just got to win the divisional games yeah. because we've got the best record <laughs> in the division. Yeah. By a mile. The Ravens are in serious trouble and they're leading the division with eight wins. So just say we just say we win the divisional games. That's all we've got to do. Forget the other two games. We get to nine and eight, right? We're sat nine and eight. Cleveland then, to beat us, because we've got the best divisional record, has got to get ten wins. Now, if they've lost to us, they've got to win all three of their other games. They ain't going to do that. Steelers ain't going to win four games and beat us there. So they're, they're out, of the, out of the picture. Then the Ravens would have to win two of the three right. to get to 10 wins. And I don't think they're going to do that. I think Lamar Jackson's probably out next week at least. Um, I'm, not, I'm not buying that. So I think mm. if we can just get the wins situationally against the people in our division, you get in as the division winner, you're going to have a home game in the playoffs. That's what we want. I look around the NFL, the Bills are seven and six, the Colts are seven and six. You've got... The LA Chargers at eight and five, Denver at seven and six. Um, you've got Las Vegas at six and seven. You've also got Miami at six and seven, who have won five in a row. Mm. So I think it's going to be very, very hard to get in um, with nine wins. You might be able to, but it's going to be, you know, not in that wild card spot. So basically, the only way you think we can get into the players is we if is if we win probably because I think there's going to be more than two teams that might get ten wins. There's certainly going to be you know you're certainly going to be level on wins with nine with maybe two or three other teams, and then it just comes down to like well, who have you beat head to head? You know, AFC record, all the rest of it. And obviously, we've lost to the Chargers. If we lose to Denver, I know we beat the Raiders. I'm not going to get into the intricacies of that, but that's where, for me, it starts getting a bit difficult for us to get in with nine wins there. You might do, but I, I wouldn't bank on it. Whereas we win the division, that's what you want. You're going to get a home playoff game. If you've got any serious ambitions, that, that for me, is our best path. And the AFC is weak. I really think it's, it's not, you know, the AFC North, sorry, is weak. We, we've, we could have that. Mm. You know, that, that is, it's there for the taking in some ways. 
Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. Why did we not attack the opposition's weakness more often? I said Zach needed three years. He's had three. Is it time to move on? I think there's a slight groundswell of, of uh, saying yes to that. What do you think, Sam, quickly? Um, I would give him another year. Would you already, yeah. even if we lose out? Yeah, I, I just because I, th- I have seen real progress this year, and he has made mistakes, and he has made me infuriated. Well, not him personally, as you say, he's a great <laughs> bloke, but he hasn't done anything to piss me off particularly. Um, but yeah, there's been a few head scratching moments, at play calling and, and, and game planning. But I think he is getting better. I think the team is better. Um, but there needs to be a little push over the edge next year which is when I expected this team to be a playoff team basically but is that because the you know, we'll talk about it next week we'll yeah 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 I mean it's an argument it just rumbles on again, again because they're not a bad team and they're not a great team either again we, we're entering the Marvin Lewis zone here do you know what I mean? They're not a great team, but they're a good team. Then they're not awful, but they do some stupid bad things, and I it's do, really difficult. To, yeah, I to do quantify. think the talent on this team is better than we might think it is, or it, you know, or we do yeah. maybe think it's very, very good. And that's the thing for me. You've got that quality quarterback. You know, not many teams around the league can sit there and say, you know, we've got a really mm. good, talented, definitely top ten quarterback. We've obviously had some great early round picks in the last three years. I tell you what, though, it's got to be next year because then contracts are going to start to lose. Well, and, I mean, you, you know, yeah, goodness again. me. I mean, if a coach that's four years where you can't get a team yeah. into the playoffs or, you know, certainly you know, get people, a team People like a, DJ Reader's contract will be at yeah, the end of Yeah, I mean, that would be, that'd be an enormous failure for yeah. the Bengals investing that much money in free agency. Well, not failure, I don't think, but they, at least they tried and I think they were on the... Anyway, we could rumble on. Let's see what Rosie has to say. Uh, at Rosie underscore May 16... Why is our offence so inconsistent? Also, very confused how so many people are calling Taylor a coward now when he's been going for it all season on the on on fourth, but on fourth down, but one game he doesn't and he gets hounded for it. Not saying he's perfect, but people seem to forget previous games very quickly. It's a fair point. The, the fourth down thing annoys me sometimes because there's just this narrative around the league now. The oh, you just go for it. Like, mm. Don't punt it. Just go for it. It's like a lot of the time there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like it is the right thing to do to take points at times and, you know, depending on the situation and stuff like that, or if you like what the, the looks you get in and everything else, like I, I don't just think we, you have to just be like every time, if he goes for it, it's always a good thing. You know what I mean? It, no, I agree. I, I agree. don't know. That's the thing that's overdone a bit from certain people. Donny, if he don, let Joe throw. First game I've seen really First game I've been really downbeat on us losing this season as it feels like we've missed a huge chance to take command of the North the last two weeks. No team can be errorless, but are we shooting ourselves in the foot more than others do? There's a lot of foot shooting tonight, son, isn't there? I know. I mean, if you've got feet, listeners... Insure them instantly because there are bullets flying around <laughs> all over the place. Odat at DZE, another heartbreaker versus the Niners, but great comebacks don't give moral victories. We're yep. playing with the big dogs now and need more than just having the right attitude. Well said, well said. If we give teams a 14-point lead each game, we won't be playing postseason. It's squeaky bum time down the stretch. Uh, Ken Troop at Super Trooper 64. Solid handle. Kept awake most of the night after the two back-to-back running plays up the middle in overtime when they couldn't run during the game and passing had got us up the field and back in the game. Terrible play call, ZT. 
overthinks and only fools himself. I think that's the, the crux of it. A lot of people just couldn't understand it when the run wasn't running all game. Um, yeah, uh, why why continue with it when you've got a chance to win the game with a quarterback who's chucking it all over the place and, and doing extraordinary things? That is the head-scratcher. Uh, TJ Shiny Shoes. Um, they are a Brandon Tate away from being eight and five. <laughs> Not a sentence I ever expected to write. I think that could be tweeted today. Uh, from TJ Shoes. Uh, Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram. Um, Bengals are teetering on the brink of being half decent. In the meantime, the viewing is somewhat challenging. It's true, though, isn't it? It feels like a struggle to get there. And it was like everything seemed really difficult on offence last night until that fourth quarter. Dan Waite at DNKW. Can this team learn composure? Is this just a young team thing or perhaps how they're coached? Is this typical of behaviour in other teams which subsequently work through it? Is this too many questions? Um <laughs> The, the age thing's quite funny because I know, you know, he's a fairly young team. The funny thing with Joe Boy, though, is he's older than Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. And they're guys around the league that you look at that you'd think would be in the hunt. There's no one's going to be questioning, um, you know, whether or not they're too old or young to take the team forward. I know his NFL experience isn't as um, as great as theirs. But still, I think that's one thing just to remember there that he's not you know, a really, really young lad. I mean, Josh Allen's only 25 years old as well. So you, you've got to think that, if anything, that's almost a benefit to him. I know there's a lot of younger guys dotted around the team, especially someone, you know, like T Higgins is only going into his second year and in, obviously, who knows, in his rookie year. So there are some young like, lads around the team. But there's also, you know, we're not, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Max Wiedenborner at Maxman248. Um, got a feeling we need 10 wins to get in the playoffs. Thoughts? I think that's a yes. But I think Nathan yeah. has provided Indiana Palmer there. Has provided you with uh, a route to the playoffs, really. Yeah, honestly, nine, no, hang on, seven, eight, nine, nine and seven, yeah. Nine no. and eight, nine and eight. Nine and eight, sorry. My maths son is shocking. I'm looking at it now like my... Monday morning for you, Sam. Indeed. Ken Troop, again, Super Trooper 64. Um, is that the last we'll hear of the Did He Darius game? <laughs> now, um, again, it's Monday. It's quarter to eight in the evening, and we yet to hear from... We've heard from Darren Simmons, or at least uh, we've heard what he's got to say, thanks to the likes of Ben Baby and Paul Dana. And uh, he said that, you know, they're reviewing the situation when it comes to punt returns, but um, they were a little bit thin back there and they had to chuck him back in, you know. Um, uh, but to answer your question, Ken, um, we will be playing next week because next week is our Christmas episode and um, uh, we like to do things, obviously, in a kind of festive way. Uh, we're going to be having a Christmas games night next week. Um, we'll obviously be reviewing the Denver game, but then it's full on Christmas. Don't care what happens in the Den Denver game. Well, we do, but in terms of like having a laugh, we're going to put that to one side. Whatever happens, and we're going to play all our games that we play on this podcast. So we will be playing the name game. Get ready for this, Nathan. Uh, the name game. Did he Darius? Could be the final ever. Did he Darius? 
Bengaldi Blank. And also, we're going to be playing first and ten. And Jay Morrison from The Athletic, uh, Jay's Got Stats, uh, is going to be playing a Bengal-themed first and ten next week. Uh, and there might be that some place. other stuff going on. So um, do tune in for that. And that is your lot, really. I mean... I've got a recommendation for a Christmas game, son. Go on, then. I've been playing it recently, and it's a bit addictive. It's great to sort of... If you like sort of quite a fun bantery game with a family or whoever else and you have a few drinks, it's a bit like sort of a slightly lighter version of playing something like poker. Mm. Monopoly deal. Monopoly deal? I've not heard of that. It's sort of in the style of the Monopoly game. It's a card game. You've got to collect three sets and you've almost got to like figure out a tactic of like playing these cards to get properties of other people. And you've got to be quite tactical, form some alliances. It's quite a good game to have a few drinks around Mm. and... um, figure out what you're doing there'll be people i'm sure will listen to this that have played it but honestly if you haven't it's a bit difficult to figure out it's almost good if you've okay. got one or two people that can teach it to you otherwise yeah. you've got to be quite patient but if you get a good uh, good group of people it's quite funny to have a good game so it's about a christmas recommendation to well there to you go this. early christmas recommendation uh i'm tipping us to beat denver next week i know they're playing well and i know it's going to be a tall order but i hope that there's going to be a bit of a reaction they really do realize that a lot of stuff is on the line next week. Uh, I do think it's a must-win next week. We're getting into the must-win territory now, and I think we've got the talent to beat the Denver Broncos in Denver. I don't think it's must-win, because I, I, I really stick by my plan of just to beat the AFC North teams. But, I mean, goodness, if we won it, that'd be a cracking win. And another team, again, that are looking themselves to get in through the wild cards. And, again, that was set, if we did win, that would set us up nicely for the Baltimore game in terms of confidence. Yes, and we, exactly. we, we're quite happy to string two games together, but we're not very good at stringing three wins together. Um, so if we can win two out of the next two, that would be... Uh, nine and six, and uh, mm. that would oh, be, be interesting. Right there, yeah, but anyway, do also join us for our Christmas festive online tailgate on Sunday. Uh, details of which will appear on our social feeds. Thank you to everyone to listening as ever, and uh, we will be back next week, full of the Christmas spirit, Nathan, won't we? You're always full of the Christmas spirit, my son. I think. Oh, uh, my my Christmas You're cup over, is overfloweth as usual. <laughs> I do love a bit of Christmas, and the only disappointment is we're not going to be together. We've had some cracking, we've done some cracking Christmas episodes. I do remember the the choir, the Christmas choir. I don't think anything can top that, can we? Um, we did do a Christmas cards of humanity, which was deemed too rude to broadcast uh, and too offensive. <laughs> we should have broadcast that. That was unbelievable. Well, may- maybe we should do that again uh, at some point. Um, and um, what else we do? I think we... Do you remember when you came over to the sewing room a couple of years back and uh, I made those apple crumble cocktails oh yeah that's a good shout that is yeah 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 and we were slightly drunk on those so unfortunately we're not going to be in the same room together but i hope uh, we will kind of convey the festive spirit thanks to the the wonders of modern technology so uh, bring your santa outfit bring your favorite christmas cocktail next week and we'll have some festive fun um in the meantime it's a who day from me and a who day from me cheers guys <laughs>